trying their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nothing spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible Jarvis Jones. The game winner got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Thursday, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, another edition of Sandos and the Sidekick. And when Thursday comes around, we give you one side and the other, a sane coach and a crazy coach. And so we'll hear from the very sane Mark Spear, the head coach of the Western Carolina Catamounts, who brings a very high-powered offense to Johnson City coming up on Saturday, 3.30 kick time there. And we go to crazy coach, and I feel pretty good about the segment this week. There were plenty of coaches that had a lot to say, and uh, we'll run the gamut from uh, college football. There's a couple good bites there, and, uh, you know, the man works in the NBA as it is, so uh, we'll get into a little bit of a, of a scrum as well. But uh, two of the three comments uh, were actually uh, disagreements from teams, if you will. One led to, to punches. The other one led to some closed lines. But uh, that should be fun to get his reaction. I'll be interested to see you where you fall on one of the conflicts from Saturday. I'm guessing I have an idea which team you're going to back, but uh, let's just say a Harbaugh and D'Antonio are involved in an in-state rivalry uh, that ended up going against one of my full predictions, unfortunately. I, I, I do want to thank uh, Trey Adams because he'll be with us for four downs, right? One, two, four three. downs. So uh, I, will, I, I asked him not to give me a, a uh, uh, Dan Antonio and a D'Antoni uh, comments yes. because I would I would yes. mess that up well, uh, a lot. That's as difficult. you know, I'm good at English language. I don't know if you've been told. That. I don't think that would just be you, though. I mean, that's tough for anybody, even yeah. someone that is proficient in the English language. Yeah, they're, they're going to go back and forth and back and forth. But we did have an ETSU radio coach show, talk a little football before we get into all the fun stuff and the fun segments we got going on today. And certainly Coach Randy Sanders, uh, normally the coach's show, we spend a little bit of time talking about the previous game, move forward. <laughs> I think I asked him one, two questions. And I think it was the first question. He was question. giving was me incredible. like a death stare. Yeah. I just want to say that. It was like, well, we can move on anytime you're ready. And he said that more than once. So I said, you know what, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, and we're moving on. Well, and here's the thing. It's an hour-long show, so it's tough to fill 45 or so minutes on the upcoming game when – we don't know a lot about how it's going to unfold. You almost have to split it into two parts. I think you do a very good job of that of last week and then the coming week, and that keeps material fresh. Yes, we've heard from Randy, but not in that capacity. Well, not that's in what I'm saying. Like, like you get yeah. more I, – I try to ask questions that – okay, I might have asked in postgame, but let's expound on it. Exactly yeah. – I mean, you kind of hit on this, and, and I take – I kind of take notes on stuff that we run. I'm like, okay, we've talked about this already, but – 
here's what I really want to know. And so I have kind of a list of questions from the previous game. And honestly, moving forward, it's kind of just by feel. I'll ask him a couple generic questions and see where he goes with it. And that usually helps me uh, finish up. But when he gave me that, I'm sitting there going, I, I have like <laughs> a lot of notes on the last week and very little going forward. Right. So I was a little freaking out. But uh, thank goodness Ernie called in and Mike from Delaware yeah. called in. That that helped out as well to talk about a few things. We but, had busy uh, phone lines last night. It Unfortunately, was, it our was. phone system it wasn't equipped to handle it all. So we had a few that didn't get through. But, hey, make sure to call. Uh, was it 423-631-5729 every Wednesday, 6 to 7. And uh, don't forget tonight, 6 p.m., 6 p.m., Facebook Live. Uh, So if you're on the podcast, you're just tuning in, and it's right around 6 o'clock on Thursday, you can tune in for head coach Steve Forbes and myself. We'll be talking ETSU basketball for an hour or so. Uh, As long as fans are asking questions, we'll be glad to answer that. But you get an hour with head coach Steve Forbes to ask your questions. How to go with Coach Zell yesterday. There was a power surge in the building, very unfortunate, at 915, right in the middle of your talk with her. Well, we were rocking and rolling, and then the the lights literally went out. Literally. Thought it was a lightning strike. I don't know what had happened. I've always thought that the death of me would be in the dome at some point, so I wasn't sure if that was just coming down or not. But uh, odd because we had to stop. Internet was down completely on campus. Uh, power outage took a while for all the servers and things to come back up, so then we kind of restarted. But, you know, we are actually kind of going good. We had about 25 people on that were huh. starting to interact, and then yeah. it went down. It was tough to get folks back on. But Coach was great, and yeah. uh, we were speculating about the polls in later uh, on, uh, I guess it was about lunchtime, the polls came out. So uh, she said she was going to go crazy if Eric Haynes Overton did not get the preseason player of the year, and she did not get the preseason player of the year. So we'll see how Fox that Ford goes. projected number one, though. Is that correct? Uh, they, in the uh, coaches' poll, they were tied for number one. And I think in the media poll, they were just a couple votes outside of one behind Mercer, number two, and everyone had Chattanooga three. Think about how incredible that is, to lose a player like Tiana Tartar and still be projected that high. I mean, that says what the conference thinks about Erica Haynes-Overton and also the seven that she brought in to replace Shai Copney, Mallory, sure, and Haynes-Overton. Well, I, you know, it's just great respect for the – there were some players coming back. I think everyone saw Haynes-Overton was – Still robbing a Batman, as Coach likes to say, but there were times where Haynes Overton actually overshadowed Tiana Charter, and I think people realize they always say the biggest jumps, you know, year year two from year one. You're right, that's the biggest jump for athletes to figure out the speed, the game, all that. Well, if that's true, then she, she's going to be an <laughs> Can animal. you imagine? Yeah. So, and, and I think it's also uh, what Coach has done recruiting-wise you know, bringing in players that are eligible that can play right away. Getting uh, two people back freshman. from having to redshirt last year as well, Carly Lighton and Micah Sheets. Yeah, so I, absolutely. So, I, I and uh, some shooter, you know, that was some time, just like the men's team, there were times where the, sh- the shooting outside three-pointers were not going down. I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think that was addressed by both teams. And so I'll be curious to see how uh, Coach Ezell and him handles that. And we'll talk to Coach Forbes about, uh, I think they were picked third. I think it's where most people thought they would be, UNCG, to repeat. Wofford returned everybody, but Derek Brooks, uh, kind of a role player at guard. He still got Fletcher McGee, who's going to break the NCAA record for career-made threes. Also going to have Cam Jackson back. Um, he made a huge difference the first time he missed the game against the Bucks. Bucks kind of steamrolled Wofford at Wofford. Yeah. Then they come to Johnson City, and it was a situation where ETSU really struggled to contain Cam Jackson. He was able to uh, uh, dominate the Bucks inside the paint. And, of course, the Bucks have uh, a little bit of address that because Jeremy Rodriguez will now uh, be down in the post. I think James Harrison's been much improved on the defensive side. And then, of course, shooters, you look at Patrick Good, you look at Trey Boyd, Bo Hodges has been able to go, Milan Armas has added weight. 
uh, as a post player inside. So pretty excited to see both both seasons get underway. Yeah, absolutely. And it is literally, I mean, a few days away here. It's crazy to think about. We're almost at the end of October into November, and that first exhibition on November 2nd for ETSU men's basketball uh, is, gosh, I mean, a week pretty much from now. So uh, that that's wild to me, and certainly big things expected on both sides. Once again, both teams went to the championship game last year. I, I don't think there's any reason to think they can't take it one step further and get to the NCAA tournament. Uh, for ETSU men's basketball, again, and for uh, ETSU women's basketball, will be the first time under Brittany's Zell. Well, we, we've got, I think, one more week before we have to make our bold uh, season-long Ooh, basketball like predictions. Like so we I still like do that. bold predictions, but we are going to throw uh, three bold ETSU. Uh, maybe four. Maybe we'll go two and two. Maybe we'll have two uh, – Bold predictions, uh, two for the men, two for the women, and then maybe one for the SOCONs. We'll go five right. season long. We think of that. We'll I, I, I like that. I like the long play of that. It's good. All right, we'll do that as well. Uh, let's talk a little bit of football. We've still got to kind of wrap things up. Uh, head coach Randy Sanders, let's say, on the coach's not show. Sure what, what were your you, takeaways? Well, I'm not sure what you thought about the captains being named. Get your uh, opinions here in a second. I'm not sure if you think it's a big thing, not as big of a thing, but uh, Coach Sanders expounded for uh, quite the amount of time on that on three or four separate questions. I kind of jammed a few of them together here to give you a summary. There was a lot of thought went into it, and there, every year is a little bit different. And I will say this, too. You mentioned we have three seniors and a junior. We had some sophomores and a couple of freshmen get a lot of votes and kind of speaks back to what I was saying earlier about leadership that no age. You know, sometimes your best leaders on your team are, are freshmen or sophomores because they understand how to work. They understand what's involved and, and bring the right mindset to the football field or to the weight room or to the study hall or whatever it may be every day. I, I felt like, you know, we got three games left. It was the right time. And, and it was my plan to, probably for the last three or four weeks is to do it this week, regardless of how the last game had turned out. I, I just felt like we, we got a good group of leaders, uh, strong leaders. I, I think the four that the team picked are absolutely phenomenal. It gives those guys a chance to not only be recognized for what they have done, but also to uh, really put this stamp on the football team. I think we got four very deserving captains. Uh, they're four wonderful young men, and they're, and they're good football players. But they've been great leaders since the day I stepped on campus because they bought into what I'm trying to do, not let the last rest of the team drag behind. They, they, they brought them along. And everybody thinks leaders are out front leading. Sometimes leaders are in the back pushing, not letting anybody drop out of the herd, so to speak. And, and those four guys have done a great job of that. I really like that last quote. So Austin Herrick, Austin Gatewood, Dylan Weigel, Nasir player, Ernie Calden, and he's a avid fan of the program um, of ETSU football and knows a lot about it himself. He said he didn't think there were any four more des- deserving individuals. Coach Sanders agreed. And I also think that it's a big positive, a big plus to hear that sophomores and freshmen got some votes too. The team's belief in some of those young guys coming up could be a big difference maker once these guys are gone. I tried to prod and see who they were, but Coach wasn't uh, <coughs> taking yeah. the, the bait yeah. on that. But I, I – you're talking about three of those guys are fifth-year players, and a year player is a four-year player. So guys that have been there, done that. But he, you know, to hear him talk about when those guys spoke, everyone kind of stopped and listened. Mm-hmm. And and they were surprised that some of the young guys got votes, but uh, they were more surprised about guys they thought they would get votes that didn't, and that told them a lot. But I, I think this is something that Coach Sanders. This is just a coaching ploy, right? I think. Coaches will name captains. They'll do whatever. And at a certain point in time, they want players to take ownership. They want the players to do whatever. So I think, you know, it may not be the same time every year, but I have a feeling that's how Coach is going to run his program. As, again, first-year head coach, so things may change. But I think early, especially 
he didn't know who the leaders were, right? He's a new man on campus. He's trying to learn names, trying to do whatever. Hasn't put him through the season. Now he's gotten to the point of the season where, okay, well, I've seen him practice. I've seen games. I see things that people don't see in a locker room. He's, you know, given different people a shot at being team captain. So people, uh, other players have seen that. But he basically handed a sheet of paper and said, all right, everybody gets to vote for three. Yeah. And, and we'll tally him up, pick four, and there we go. And so um, I kind of like what he's doing there. It puts a little more um, – onus on the four guys that are the captains to kind of police everything. The other thing is is you look at the players and go, these are the guys you picked. So don't be looking at, at us. Right. You know, you got something. Get, go to those guys. So I, to me, I, I like it. And, you know, you can do it different ways. There are plenty of time people vote on it beginning of the year. They're captains the whole year. You know, I, I, I don't know which way's better. Maybe crazy. Maybe that's a sidebar for crazy Coach West on, on how he dealt with team captains or or whatever. Maybe football's different because, you know, the, the coin toss is, is different than, I think, the basketball pregame meeting. Sure. You know, and, and, and there's not even one for baseball, right? It's just the two managers go out there, exchange right. some cards, and go at it. So so football's a little different, uh, I, I think, as far as the captains go. Uh, you know, the, the supposedly captains are the ones that can talk to the referees or whatever, but we all know every player talks to referees. All so, so to me, it's, it, it's a little different. It's, uh, you know, NCAA did say you can put a C on your chest, so I'm curious if ETSU will go back and, and go so far to put a C on the chest or not. But either way, I, I like the way he did it. Would you care to speculate about who those freshmen or sophomores are? Uh, I mean, I would, you know, Tyree Robinson would certainly be one as a sophomore, I, I would think. Um, Freshman Quay Holmes, maybe? Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I think no doubt Quay, Quay Holmes probably – uh, would have a shot. That would be my first two. If you're yeah. just a sophomore and freshman, that would be my first two guesses. Uh, went on to talk about one of the big ways and uh, one of the big reasons that games change and how it affected last game for ETSU against Wofford and also how ETSU will need to uh, limit on the defensive side of the ball some of these plays coming up this week against Western Carolina and how offensively they'd like to get a few of them. Last week, we give up uh, too many explosive plays defensively to Wofford. And, and when I say explosive plays, game, plays a game 15 yards or more, a number of them. But we, we, we got to keep those things to a minimum. And if you make a team go 80, 85, 90 yards, and you're not giving up 15-yard plays, that puts a lot of pressure on the other team's offense. And offensively, we got to find a way to create those 15-plus yard plays. And when, when we do that, it's – it's, it's amazing how often you're able to get down the field and get points out of it. If you don't do it, it's hard to keep executing play after play after play, you know, especially when, when, when we're still dealing with um, some, some of the issues we have offensively. And certainly this is one of the most dangerous teams they're going up against in terms of big plays. Perhaps Sanford with Devlin Hodges throwing for, I think I saw it's like 413 yards a game right now. I mean, just absolutely insane. But the video game type numbers, and you talked about that and used that specific term last night with Coach Sanders, that Western Carolina is putting up, and some of their players, specifically Tyree Adams, that can do some outrageous things and just look like the best player on the field. But any given time, uh, it will be important to limit those and get some yourself. Uh, in terms of the game and just everything that he TSU is going up against this Saturday, what they're hoping to accomplish, and how big it is to be back home. Coach Sanders summarized the task at hand. Good to be back home. It's it's always good to uh, be able to sleep in your own bed, wake up, and, and, and have the familiarity of the locker room, not have to travel, things like that, be in front of your own uh, your home crowd, uh, and hopefully our home crowd will show up, be vocal, be a factor in the game. We need that. We, we, we need the crowd to show up and, and, and be a part of it. But we're, we're, it, it's going to be a challenge. we got to play well. We went for all five weeks there, and we, we played pretty well. Game last week didn't play as well as we could. we got to 
keep growing as a football team. We got to make plays on offense. We we got to make plays on defense. We can't bust assignments and play well in the kicking game. And if we do all those things, I li- I like our chances because I I think we got a good football team when we play smart. So there's the call to action, fans. Got to get out there. Got to support. I think that ETSU's uh, fan base has been absolutely phenomenal since William B. Green Jr. Stadium has opened. I wasn't around for the times of Science Hill, but um, some of the numbers and amount of people that show up and you look in the box scores certainly make it look like that the fans were out there as well. So I don't think there's any doubt in Coach Sanders' mind, but it is urgent at this point because essentially, and I don't know how you feel about this, but it seems like ETSU needs to win probably two of their last three to get an NCAA playoff berth. I I think there's no doubt they have to win two of three and if depending on who the loss is and you know I don't want to speculate too far down the road but if it is Sanford Sanford also beat Wofford you know there's an opportunity that there could be a four-way tie with mm. with two losses wow. and then you're talking about Wofford's end for sure Sanford is the hottest team maybe in FCS besides North Dakota State they're mm. probably in and then do they take Chattanooga even though ETSU beat Chattanooga but Chattanooga has one more division one win uh, and they would have rattled off five, six rows uh, wins in a row, as opposed to the Bucks, who would have lost two of their last four. So they don't like the way now. Don't like the way it goes. So it's too much. Uh, it's still a little early to scoreboard watch. I meant to ask Coach that and didn't, but still a little early. But I certainly think they have no shot if they don't win at least two out of three. And I'm still not convinced. Depending on how Sanford uh, does against Wofford at home next week. Uh, you know, plus you still got to see what Chattanooga does against Mercer. That'll be a tough test. And Mercer still got to play Wofford, ETSU, and Chattanooga. So there's a, there's a wow. lot that, that could still go on. And Furman's still in the mix because they still got to play Mercer as well. So, so much. A lot so going much, on. They got to yeah. play ETSU as well. So, all right. so a lot going on. Um, that'll do it for our first segment. Uh, ran over a little bit. We got to get the crazy coach. A lot of sound bites. He's hanging on. We've got to. See what he's going to say about uh, what went on today uh, or this weekend, this past weekend, in uh, college and professional sports. We'll step aside for a timeout. This is Santos' sidekick. Don't forget to download to SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can subscribe to the RSS feed or join us every day. You can look for the update on Twitter at @BuckSportsRadio. That's at @BuckSportsRadio or on Facebook Live. This is Santos and Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Congrats, you made it. Through National Ice Cream Day, National Hot Dog Day, and even National Sunglasses Day. You took on the heat, took care of the yard, and even took a vacation. But now it's October, and you finally have a chance to breathe. And with that chance to breathe also comes a chance for fun when you play new October Instant Games. Pick up one of four new games for a chance to win $1,000 up to a $1 million. Fall into some fun with new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed Bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! 
Are you having fun at bath time? Mm, you smell fresh as spring. Hey, Frank, is this lettuce ready for the customers? No. No, not yet. Frank, they're perfect. Let go of the cart. No. Frank, now. But I didn't get to say goodbye. At Food City, our produce experts are passionate about offering the freshest fruits and vegetables around. We're Food City, and we're very picky about produce. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. I got 22 excuses, 11 on my offense and 11 on my defense. Our red zone defense is like Oprah. Like, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. We tried to recruit bigger, better players to come play for us, but they went to good schools. Uh, I got a bunch of mama's boys right now, and uh, we just won't buck up and bow our necks, and we got to get through that. We couldn't do diddly, poo, offensively. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood, too. Hello? You play to win the game. I just hope we can win a game. Well, we didn't block. But we made up for it by not tackling. Ben Wallace and Mo Williams fell down more than a baby learning to walk. Ah, Crazy Coach Thursday, and I'm excited. Number one Crazy Coach is on after a early morning for this man. But more importantly, we've got some good sound bites for him to go over, Mike Gallagher. Yeah, uh, Crazy Coach, welcome. Thanks again for uh, for taking some time. We had you in studio last week. This week you're on the phone. Enjoy when you're in studio, but the phone will work too. And let's get to the first sound bite and see what you think. I believe this is uh, Michigan State, Michigan to lead us off. Closed line, two of our guys came out in their helmets. Lawrence Marshall got... I mean, they just went up and clotheslined him. The old-fashioned clothesline ripped off. Uh, one of their guys ripped off Levert's headphones. You know, total Bush League. And apparently Coach D'Antonio was five yards behind it all smiling. So, um, yeah, I think it's Bush League. That's my, that's my impression of it. So that's Harbaugh, and here's D'Antonio. That's BS. Okay. You guys get your cameras out. It's all on Fox. I'm not going to go to that. Now, Jay Sandos, you may have to dispel some of the back and forth because I didn't see it myself. I, I know you had a very unfortunate mishap with nah. VCR or whatever you were using, the TiVo. I'm not quite sure what it was. But uh, I did not go back and really look 
very specifically at who is in the right there in terms of Hobart and D'Antonio. I did see the march across the field in the helmets and the warm-ups. It didn't look like anyone was, you know, clotheslining anybody or anything like that, but uh, there was the rip-up of the turf at midfield with one of the Michigan players just taking their cleats right to Sparty uh, on the 50-yard line. So can you... I give you a backstory. What's the backstory? Please, without being biased as a Michigan fan. Well, the 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 backstory is that Michigan State does this march um, before every game, and so they were 20 minutes late getting to the field. Normally, the Michigan State folks do not allow. And they've been doing this for years, but they don't allow the other team on the field until the march happens. Well, as it was getting 20 minutes late, they allowed some players on the field. So that's probably mistake number one by letting that happen. Then mistake number two is here. Well, I don't know if it's a mistake, but one side saying the training staff told Michigan to get off the field. Michigan saying nobody told us to get off the field. So then they start the march, and then it just becomes crazy coach, uh, grown men versus grown man. Are you going to give way? Because the march is coming at you. You've been told you can get on the field and stretch. You're minding your own business. But here are guys marching at you, not wanting to give. And at that point, they're all alpha males, right? They're not wanting to give either. And so virtually what happened was the two Michigan guys kind of stood their ground the Michigan State guys, arm-in-arm, arm, kind of locked. Well, something had to give. They're either going to knock him down or he's going to break through, and then headsets went off. So I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't really see a, a, a WWE guy coming with, right. a, with a haymaker, but you did see one of the Michigan players lose his headphones. That being said, where do you fall in the death march there? You know what? I, I love we got a little hate going. You know, nowadays everybody's on their cell phones. They talking to other guys on the other team. We need this in sports. I mean, you don't hate the guy, but you got to hate the other university. I mean, I just love the fact that they're talking like this, and it gives it gives uh, just a whole new, a little extra. Michigan State, and Michigan already hate each other, so this just you know. You just got the fire going. Now you got the guys putting the oil on the fire, just cranking it up. I love it. I mean, I don't know who was right or wrong um, because in situations like this, you're you're really never going to get the true answer. You're not going to, as a coach, you're not going to bow down to the other coach saying whatever. But uh, I just love the, uh, the hatred for the other university in the sporting event. Like I said, you don't hate the other players. But you got to hate that other university, and it creates just more excitement for the fans. So there was a, a comment a few years ago Mike Hart made famous because he, he called Michigan State little brother. And uh, I thought Dan Antonio did a great job to talk about uh, the fact that, well, that's just a product of the, the program. It's not the player, you know, and there's always a fall, right? The, right as the rods, there's always the great fall or whatever. And then I love that Harbaugh eventually came back and said, well, this isn't really on Michigan State's players. I'm going to use Coach's words against him. It's a product of his program. And so product of the program, that's what I'm asking you. What, what are b- both those coaches trying to say uh, about product of the program, and have you ever used that term? No, I've never used that, but they're both – basically calling each other's BS is what they're doing. I mean, they're put in a corner. They're both fighting for their university, but they're, you know, I mean, he, he's just creating that whole, like I said, the hatred to each other's university. It's awesome. I mean, we need more of it. Uh, we need guys out there and, and willing to sacrifice for their teams and putting their, you know, it's, it's bold and bold board material. 
and you don't really need it for that game. But you'll have that the rest of the year when things are going on. They'll be able to put that up there and say, hey, remember what these guys said about you? And uh, that's all it is. I mean, I, I think it's egos. You know, when you get to be a head coach at Michigan, Michigan State, um, you're going to have an ego. I mean, there's no doubt. And then uh, when you're challenged, you, you better be willing to put it on the line. And I think both coaches are willing to do that to say, hey, I'm just protecting my program. Not crazy, Coach, when Harbaugh said that D'Antonio was right behind the march, five yards, smiling. How do you feel about another coach bringing up a name of the opponent's coach in a press conference? Has anyone ever called you out in a press conference? No, I've never been called out in a press conference, but uh, I I like it. I mean, uh, as a fan, now as a university, I'm sure they're going to be saying, hey, 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 hold this back or the Big Ten commissioner is going to be saying, hey, hold this back. But, you know, it's, it is what it is. I, I, like I said, I just love the fact that they go on out there. They're calling each other out. It's, it's the biggest game uh, outside of trying to win the Big Ten championship. That's probably the biggest game on both their schedule, um, even though uh, I don't think either, on a, either of them plays Notre Dame anymore because, you know me, I'm a Notre Dame guy, so – both of those are our little brothers to me, so we'll go from there. Yeah, and, and, and so just to counter that, the biggest issue with Michigan State is their biggest rival is Michigan. Michigan has always been above them, and they laugh at them and say, no, it's Ohio State. So there's always been that chip on the shoulder for Michigan State. And to be honest, Michigan State, um, last ten meetings, I think eight, eight and two. So I think they've kind of made a statement that maybe you should be worried about us. So here's the thing I didn't like, Coach, and, and, and you know me well. But I got tired of reading the week of the game, how both coaches were talking about, you know, this, is, this isn't this is what it used to be. It's a very respectful rivalry. We're doing <laughs> – who wants to see that? Who cares? I don't I don't want to see ETSU and Chattanooga have respectful rivalry. I don't. I want to see it to where guys are fi- – now, do I want to see a fight break out before the game or anything? No, of course not. I'd rather just be on the court or on the field or on the di- – whatever it is, and you play – and on that time, there it is. Afterwards, you need to hug it out. Fine, hug it out. But during the play, I don't want to see any of that, right? I want the good old-fashioned rivalry. So I'm glad it got heated up just a little. Oh, yeah, I love it. Like I said, it's, as a coach, uh, you know, they're out there saying all the right things the week before. But, you know, as soon as they say that, they hang up. You know, I don't know if, you know, if they're on the mic or whatever, drop the mic, they leave to go to their team. They're telling their team the truth. That we, we need to get this one. We need to make sure, especially in Michigan, we need to back, go back to showing our dominance. They, they've kicked our butt the last eight times out of ten. We need to, like, put an end to this. Um, you know, they're also probably thinking about their contracts. <laughs> you know, saying, okay, you know, this is going on too long. I need to get these guys ready and get rolling. So, if uh, I don't know how long's Harbo been there now? Six years, five years? Amount of time now, hasn't it been? And this that, is his fourth. Fourth, yeah, yeah it's fourth. His fourth. So uh, he needs to make sure with the money he's getting that he's dominating well, his little and, brother. And he was awful against not just ranked teams, but uh, Michigan State, Ohio State, and uh, bowl games. What meaningful games? They lost well, like what seventeen in a row to ranked teams on the road or something. It was like that. Uh, it was ugly. It was yeah. ugly. Not uh, a lot to. Trey Adams back in studio. Next down by please. That's BS. Okay. You guys get your cameras no, out. No, wrong one. You just played that one. 
Pruitt, interesting coming out of the half. I said, Coach, what do you tell your guys in a game like this? He said, I made them one promise. We have a few guys that are playing the game the right way and doing all the right things. And I promise you that I will recruit 25 other guys that will play the right way so we don't have to play in another game like this. That's Allie LaForce on Jeremy Pruitt coming out of halftime of Tennessee's loss to Alabama. And then Jeremy Pruitt back that up postgame. I don't think it takes much to look. If you look at their sideline and look at our sideline, um, they don't hardly look the same. We ain't got enough guys out there today uh, that wanted to do it the right way. Okay, we got to recruit guys in here that want to compete and play like they play every day. Jeremy Pruitt threatening to recruit guys to take all of the spots, essentially. Now, he did throw in, oh, we've got some guys here that yada, yada, yada. But to say that you're going to recruit 25 new guys, I'm no math major, crazy coach, but 11 plus 11 is 22 and throw in a couple of special team spots. That would equal 25. Have you ever threatened players' spots but saying you're going to recruit a bunch of people better than them to be able to compete with a better team? Without a doubt, you do. I mean, when you... Uh, when you come in, right, you're trying to establish something, and if guys are not performing, I, I think he was basically, I watched some of the game, calling out guys uh, really not competing or they weren't getting the job done, and he thought, he thought he had some guys that could get the job done, but they weren't getting the job done. It's now it's time. He knows after seven or eight games he doesn't have enough guys here to compete against the best team in the league. And he's, I mean, here's what I I don't get. The media is always complaining about, well, we asked the coach a question, and he he just gives us the typical soundbite that the coach gives you. Now, this guy gave you the truth. And as soon as it comes out the next day, half the media are like, oh, he's throwing the team under the bus, he's doing that. But he's basically telling all the guys the truth. You better get in line. You better go to the weight room. You better get stronger. You better get bigger. Or I'm bringing new guys in. And that's all. I mean, he's basically telling the truth. I thought, and here's what I read read into it and, and, and why I question it. And, and I don't care. I think at the end of the year you can do whatever you want. But doesn't he still need guys to compete this year? Like, doesn't he still need to win a couple of games? Because – you, you lose the rest of your games, still a little harder to convince 25, as we heard in your opening bite, to come to good schools when they could go to other schools that are winning, right? So so don't you still need – because my argument isn't – if that's how he feels, that's fine. I, that's, I could care less. He's there every day. He knows what he wants out of his team and what kind of players he wants. But he, can say but, but he can't replace 100 guys. So you have to eventually have – some people want to play for you. So that was my, my questioning of the timing of that juncture when you've still got five games to play to determine the rest of your season, and you could still theoretically get to a bowl game and make it a good year. Well, I don't think if you look at Jeremy, he's not talking about a bowl game. He don't he, – he, you know, you want to compete in a bowl game. Um, it is a good reward uh, for a great season, but his aspirations are higher. He doesn't want to just go to a bowl game. He wants to be Alabama. So if you want to be Alabama, you better tell your players this is what you need to get to. Um, and, again, he's in the first year of his contract. So if he was in the fourth year of his contract, I think it would be different. But right now he has the leeway to say that and put the pressure on on not only his players, but he's also putting the pressure on the guys that are out there recruiting for him. Okay, we need to go get 25 guys that are better than anybody we got on the team right now. 
But my personally, I would always say um, this is completely uh, just how I would like to do something the way I did it. I told my guys at the beginning every year that my assistant coaches' jobs are to go out and find players better than I have now. I mean, that's just being honest. I mean, that's what you want to do. Now, if you got guys that help you win the league and help you get to the next level, that might not happen. But that's basically what, hey, Alabama, you don't think they did that? Look at what they did. Look at their, their the SEC Offensive Player of the Year. Where is he this year? He's yeah. backing up a starting quarterback who's better. So that's basically just telling the truth. Well, we got to get to one. And get better players. We got to get to one more soundbite, but I do want to say I always enjoy. And I, I'm not a Pete Carroll fan by any stretch of imagination, uh, but when he was at USC, I used to enjoy after signing day he would call the whole team in uh, and show them all the footage, the high school footage, or whatever and say, we recruited all these guys to take your jobs, and you've got a spring and summer to prove that you deserve So I, I did kind of enjoy – I do know where they're, they're coming from on that. Uh, we do have to move on. I could talk about those I have one more thing on this, yeah, too. Go. Crazy Coach, was it a bigger story that Jeremy Pruitt said that or that Butch Jones got a Gatorade bath on the sideline and lit up a cigar in the visiting locker room at Alabama or at Tennessee? Well, let me tell you this. That was I, – I can't – oh, my. I don't even get that. I mean, you're trying. You're the uh, reason why they lost by 50. Yeah, That would be my you, argument. Your players that you recruited, the players that you recruited just got whacked. Are, are so, the guys he's trying to replace. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I thought that was so, odd, too. Yeah, but when you get $8 million, dollars, maybe that's it, Coach. Maybe he's saying, you know what, they paid me $8 million. So I'm just going to like to stick up and have at it. So. <laughs> All right, let's get to the NBA. Uh, hope, your, more of your uh, expertise here. Opus X. I hope it was the Opus X at least. I mean, oh, yeah, sure. He wasn't smoking, though, uh, you know, one of the uh, bottom line Jay Sandoz cigars, you know? Trey, those, Trey, go, so. Trey go ahead. Final sound, bud. It was cool. Like, unacceptable. I mean, you don't even see that in the streets. So that's the first one. That's Carmelo yeah, Anthony, Carmelo. and then the next one. He's usually quiet, but I mean, you poke a bear, you probably get bit. So that's JaVale McGee, who is just always good for something weird on the court or something weird on the mic. Apparently what happened in the Rockets and Lakers fight, Brandon Ingram spit on Chris Paul. No, no, no. So Brandon Ingram actually said he, he was called for a foul. Yep. And he shoves James Harden, mm-hmm. and he gets in the referee's face. While that's going on, Chris Paul and uh, Rajon Rondo had been going at it right. the whole game. Right. And Rondo uh, – is accused uh, – I don't have seen the footage. Rondo did the spitting? Rondo did the okay. spitting in Chris Paul's face. Paul mm-hmm. wipes his face, sticks his finger in Rondo's face. Rondo throws a haymaker. It landed, Paul, too. Paul, Paul gets a couple of left, uh, short lefts, and then Ingram comes running from half court with a couple of haymakers. It was That's in, pretty much all. It was intense, crazy coach. Now, the coaches themselves tried to stay out of this one for the large part. Uh, Luke Walton – um, and uh, Mike D'Antoni, so we had D'Antonio and D'Antoni. I'm trying to keep my pronunciation straight here, but D'Antoni for the Rockets. They both just said, you know, kind of part of the game, uh, kind of started in on saying uh, a few things on it, especially on Luke Walton's side, but essentially stayed out of the controversy themselves. But uh, did you ever or have you ever heard of someone spitting on another man on a basketball court? No, I've never seen it. Um, and a reaction I mean, if <laughs> I mean, I couldn't imagine somebody spit on me where I'd go with that. I mean, it's um, 
it wouldn't have been a push first. I mean, it would have been a full scale swing and let's get it on. Um, but I really didn't, you know, doing, uh, I didn't see the whole, there was, there was so much other stuff going on there. I mean, everybody focused on what happened. I didn't see what led up to it. So I really can't, uh, tell you my thoughts on it, but if somebody would spit on one of my players or, you know, um, that would be, it would be full scale. Let's get it done. And then, and we'll go over there and deal with the, uh, we would deal with the suspensions and whatever after, after the fact, because you can't, you can't really, uh, let that kind of stuff happen to your team. Well, that, so, and, and so let me ask you this about su- suspensions. And I, I don't know how much you, since you work in the NBA, I don't know how much you can say about it or not, but my, I'm curious because just three games for Rondo, who, by the way, used to play for my uh, Celtics. I'm a big Celtics guy. And, um, I mean, he's had a history of being suspended for things that where he's been on the bench tripping people. I mean, he's done things before that I think I thought was supposed to kind of count towards if you're a repeat offender. The other thing is, are you shocked that Ingram, who had a full running head start blindside haymaker, um, didn't get like I'm surprised neither one of them got some more games because really Ingram's the one that instigated the whole thing to even start. Some Kermit Washington, and, and Rudy then, type type Yeah, stuff. I mean, actually, if somebody from the Rockets would have noticed, they probably could have pulled a, uh, you know, a Tom Janovich and flattened him. But, or Tom Janovich got flattened, yes, I guess, in that. So, but either way, uh, were you shocked that the punishment uh, was, was the, how it was divvied out? Um, really can't comment on that. That's what I thought. <laughs> so, fair enough. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's enough. okay. Well, it, it should tell you just what the reaction did, and the and actual spit, the whole idea of spitting on someone. That that last soundbite from Javale McGee was saying, you know, you poke the bear, you're going to get bit. That was about Brandon Ingram. They were saying we've never seen that side of Brandon, but you poke the bear, you're going to get bit. And then Carmelo Anthony, of course, saying you don't even see a guy get spit on on the streets. He was beside himself post game. He was just, I, 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 I got to be know. honest. I, can't I mean, coach is beside himself. I'm beside myself. If somebody spit, and here's the thing, I'm amazed by the Rockets sent in a pretty good video, and I'm uh, Rondo keeps saying, "Well, I had a mouth guard. I can't spit." What in the world are you talking about? Football guys wear mouth guards all the time and spit. What? 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 What is yeah. that? Are you kidding me? You know, here's what I would say about Rondo. Everybody on the other team hates him, and and your own team probably at times might. <laughs> but at crunch time, you know he's putting it on the line because his his focus is all on winning, and he will do he will annoy the other team to whatever. It's to his advantage to win the game. Um, and, you know, there's, there's, you ever notice how great teams always have that one guy like that? You know, he, he's always going to, you know, you got to have that Ryan Lawson. You got to have that one guy. That, oh, that the name drop. <laughs> you know, you got to have that, uh, you know, Ben Rhoda that you know no matter what. He's got to do and get it done. Now they're not gonna; those two guys aren't spitting on people, but those the guys I named Ben and and uh, and Ryan. But they're gonna if they see a pick, somebody said a pick, or somebody fouled one of our guys one time. The next time Rhoda sets a pick, it's gonna be a solid pick, and and he will take the foul for it. And that's and that's what I look at is you know Rondo, but he, again. Uh, not being able to really comment on it, uh, there are there are guys 
that uh, will annoy the other team on on purpose. All right, crazy coach, great segment. We'll see you next Thursday, buddy. I got just one problem. I can't be waiting for my segment. (laughs) You called called it early. It's ahead of time. You know, I called. I give you a time. Calling it. I can't be waiting. All right. You know. We'll consider. Have a great day. Yeah. All right, see, crazy coach eating up time for an, uh, the same coach, Mark Spear. Uh, He's next. Yeah, he'll talk to the head coach, Western Carolina Catamounts, about the game Saturday, ETSU and Western, coming up after this timeout on Sanders and the Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated healthcare system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official healthcare provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has an all new. You had me at Wendy's. Good, because Wendy's has a new bacon cheeseburger and it's called. You had me at bacon. But what if I told you Wendy's kept going and added a smoky tangy sauce and it's called the Sawsome Bacon. You had me at Sawsome. It's called the Sawsome Bacon Classic. Sawsome Bacon Classic? Sounds amazing. Why didn't you just say that from the start? Also, if you download the Wendy's app, you'll get special offers like $2 off any combo. Huh, well, now you have me downloading the Wendy's app. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. Hear from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster.
Back on Sandos and the sidekick, I'm Mike Gallagher. Sandos back along for four downs. But first, it is Mark Spear, head coach of Western Carolina. ETSU welcomes in the Catamounts Saturday, 3.30 kick, 2 o'clock pregame on the Sports Monster. My conversation with Coach Spear right now. Joined by Mark Spear, nice enough to come back with us after chatting last year before the Catamounts used two 21-point quarters, both coming in the second half, to run away from the Bucks in a 49-10 win. At that time, Western was ranked number 25 in the country. ETSU now holds that ranking entering this year's matchup, which will be for the Blue Ridge Border Battle Trophy for the first time, though two years ago a trophy exchanged as well, the tire from Bristol Motor Speedway's game. Coach, welcome, and while we're on the subject of trophies, what do you think of the new one that's being fought for this weekend? Uh, it's a good-looking trophy. I think it's got a lot of meaning, and, uh, you know, uh, with, with the rock that was found there on the, the border and our schools are so close, I think it's good for both programs and players and coaches and alumni to, to always, you know, from this point forward, have a have a trophy to play for. It just adds to uh, adds to the games that are already meaningful. Now the trophy new, the setting will also be new for your team. First time playing ETSU on campus in William B. Green Jr. Stadium. Three games, three different places. That this matchup has been contested. Is there anything you do differently on a game week to prepare for a place you haven't played before, Coach? No, I mean, the lines are the same. The field's, uh, you know, 120 yards long with the end zones. And uh, so, no, it's it's not that, you know, that part of it's not that uh, different. You know, I know it's a, looks like a beautiful stadium on uh, on film, and I've heard a lot of great things about it. And, and we look forward to getting an opportunity to come up there and play in a, in a nice new facility. And, uh, you know, I know they're they're playing really well. And especially at home, and, and that lost a lot of ball games there, so it's going to be quite a challenge. But, uh, you know, we're excited about uh, the opportunity we have this week to, to play a talented football team. Let's talk about your team now. Three straight wins to start, four straight losses to follow, and not to state the obvious, seems like defense is the main struggle right now. Did you sense that this was coming at all this year with just three starters returning on that side of the ball? Well, it was an unknown for sure. Uh, I hope we would have been playing better than we are. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're we're starting three freshmen in the secondary, and that's always uh, a challenging, um, you know, a challenging uh, thought because there's so much that goes into playing secondary in college football. Uh, it's a, you know, a tough place that you want mature, experienced players. But uh, through some injuries we've had and, and uh, we, you know we're just not. It's where we are as a team. Uh, we're playing some young guys up front. They're getting better each week. Um, you know we we uh, haven't played well on that side of the ball, but but you know each week we're we're still coaching fundamentals, still teaching uh, you know uh, the the techniques of the game, and and our players are getting more and more comfortable with it. Uh, you know we went down to Mercer last week and and shoot. Part of the game will play really well, you know, on defense. Um, but we, we gave up too many plays, and a lot of us due to missed tackles, which is, you know, being in bad position or, or, or you know, and not being where you're supposed to be to make plays. So, uh, but, but they're getting better. They're still practicing hard. They're still prepared, and they still want to win, and that's the good thing. I've been proud about their effort and their, their uh, you know, the way they've been preparing on that side of the ball. 
if there's any bright side of a struggling defense, of course, you have some room for growth, right? But also that you're never really out of a game with the offense that you have, averaging 33 points per game, and it's very balanced, too, amongst its nearly 500 yards per contest. I'm just trying to think creatively here. Is there anything the offense can do to help the defense since that unit has excelled more this season than its counterparts on defense? Well, we just got to sustain drives and keep – you know, try to keep our defense off the off the field. You know, we did that last week. We won the time of possession. You rush for 309 yards. Usually, you're going to win, uh, much less 700 total yards of offense. You know, and um, Tyree Adams had a, a, a great day, and there's not much more you can do. Defense just got to tackle better. You know, that's that's the biggest thing. We get, we've got to tackle better, and and uh, the tackling missed tackles is what creates big plays. And I know uh, Mercer had, I think, a little over 500 yards, and 299 of them came on seven plays, which a lot of that was, you know, we had one blown assignment, uh, and, we, and that's easily fixable. Uh, but the other six, it was just uh, missed tackles that created big plays. And so, um, you know, until you get that fixed, there's really nothing else that you can do. And then, and, and our guys are. Uh, getting better at it each week, but uh, you know the offense, no question, gives us a chance to win. And um, you know what they can't do against a talented East Tennessee State defense is, uh, you know, if we have a bunch of three and outs, it's going to be a long day. We have to sustain drives, and you don't have to come away with points every. Uh, you know, and that's unrealistic to think every series you're going to score points, but. What we can't do, uh, you know, is have a bunch of three and outs or four play drives. We've got to sustain some drives and keep our defense off the field. How have you ensured, Coach, with the last four games going how they have, that the team's still staying positive, staying together, staying motivated, keeping their heads up despite the tough stretch? Well, that's our, our assistant coaches have done a great job. You know, we, we coach positive. We we don't browbeat our kids. We're not out cussing our kids. We uh, win or lose. You know, I, t I tell our coaches and our players, our character is revealed during the tough times. And uh, you know, we're going to coach positive when we're winning. We're going to coach positive when we're not winning. And that's the only way these kids will respond. And and you know, the thing is, they don't. You know, they're not sitting here saying it's bad calls or it's bad this or that. They know that the onus is on us doing a be you know, better job of continuing to teach fundamentals, leverage, um, and all that. And, uh, you know, they got to go make plays. And and, uh, and as long as you are in a positive outlook and we get to you know, I tell them all the time, we don't have to go practice. We get to go practice. And, uh, you know, we get to go have the opportunity to play better. We get to go play in a, a nice big stadium, uh, you know, against the number 25 ranked team in America. Uh, and, uh, you know, what an opportunity that is. If you guys want respect, well, here's a great opportunity to go earn some respect against a really good football team like East Tennessee State. So our guys are practicing hard. I mean, we had a great practice just on Tuesday, um, you know, and I'm sure it'll be followed up by another one this week. And, and uh, you know, as long as we're preparing hard, the wins will come. Let's talk about that number 25 team in America. A couple more for Mark Spear, head coach of Western Carolina, the Catamounts. A different team than you've seen before, if only in head coach and results. A lot of players similar on defense, and, of course, Austin Herrick, along with some of the offensive line and receivers, they've been here. When you flip on the film from last year's game against the Bucks in that second half and then film from this year for ETSU and some of their better results, what are the noticeable differences, Coach? Just uh... – 
you know, they're playing great on defense. I told Billy Taylor, who I've known a long time, got a lot of respect. I told him after the game, I said, Billy, there's not a D coordinator I respect more in this league than you. And, and uh, you know, I, and I meant it when I said it. And that game got, you know, the score was not indicative of what the game was last year. It just kind of got away uh, there late. But, uh, you know, when you watch – uh, their defense, and, and I know we played, I think, VMI the third game uh, of the year, and we were watching the East Tennessee game because y'all had played them right before us. And, you know, I just told our OC how hard, you know, East Tennessee was playing on defense and flying around. And, you know, that's that's the difference, too. I know there's, I believe, 10 guys that I think have started and played a lot of football on the defense side of the ball for you guys. And, and uh, you know, that stuff shows. And uh, that's where we're hurting right now. We've we lost eight starters. We're starting, you know, four freshmen on defense. And, and that's hard to do, uh, you know, and, and especially when you're starting three or four in the secondary. And so, uh, you know, we've only had two guys on defense that have had extensive playing time before this year was 29 or safety, uh, Martin Tillman, number 49, or one of our defensive ends, Nate Link. Uh, the other nine, you know, had played, but they had all been in backup roles. So they've either been guys that were in backup roles or – freshmen so you know that's obviously where we're struggling but uh we've got good players we're just not playing good right now and that's our job as coaches so um but you know that's what you're seeing from east tennessee is their defense is flying around and then the quarterback there well you know he's just a winner uh he moves the change he doesn't you know manages the game doesn't turn the ball over and then you, you're playing uh, aggressive and special teams so that's a winning combination when you've got a good quarterback uh, you know, a, a defense that plays extremely hard and then, you know, an aggressive kicking game. Mark Spear, ETSU opponent of the Western Carolina Catamounts. He's the head coach of the Catamounts this week and leading his team Saturday at 3.30 into William B. Green Jr. Stadium. Both teams looking for a W. Western Carolina trying to climb back to 500. ETSU looking to get closer to an NCAA playoff berth. One more back, an abbreviated four downs on Santos on the sidekick. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Four. 
Trey Adam. What's going on, guys? Happening, bro? Ah, uh, just chilling. All right, let's get right to it. First down. All right, so ETSU taking on Western Carolina this Saturday. Besides scoring the most amount of points, what is the most important stat ETSU football needs in order to win on Saturday? Got to win the turnover battle. Mine's going to be very cliche and generic as well. Two of the three most penalized teams in the league, team with the least penalties, will win the game. Second down. All right, so ETSU women's soccer getting ready to start the SOCON tournament. They play Sunday against Mercer. What's your guys' prediction? Well, they're no pushover Oof. Mercer. I mean, they were projected to be tied in the preseason poll with ETSU at, uh, for fifth, and they ended up one point behind. They've got Abigail Zeller, who has 10 goals and eight assists this year. It's a team that leads the conference in scoring, so it's not going to be easy. I'm going to say ETSU pulls one out 3-2, to two, a high-scoring affair. Eleonora Goldoni, very good offensively, and uh, Zeller, I bet, gets hers as well, but the Bucks won better. The other issue, Rachel Harbin out for the game. Is that right? Yeah, I did not, not know uh, that. could oh, be boy. back by tournament time, Oof. but... Uh, I don't think I saw on some crutches. Did, oh didn't look good for the for the first game. So Big playmaker that, out there. Yeah, that's right. It's, uh, so I, I also agree high scoring, and uh, I'm going to piggyback 3-2. Third down. All right, what's your guys' favorite college football rivalry name? Mine is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, Georgia and Florida. Very relevant uh, which is, for this week. Yeah, which is uh, not really what it's called anymore, but everybody still calls it that. Uh, I'm going to go the Uncivil War. Ooh, I do like that. Mine is, uh, I'm going to go back to my homeland, Minnesota, Wisconsin, fighting for Paul Bunyan's axe. Big giant axe. Uh, and you have to give a honorable mention to the little brown jug between Michigan and Minnesota. I'm a homer in that way. Fourth down. All right. Our favorite down, your yes. sports favorite, uh, your sports personality you would like to fight the most. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I always love what you come sports up with on fourth down. personality Trey. I would like to fight the you most. You are at your best on fourth down. There's no doubt. Uh, Alex Gonzalez. So he's now a former big league shortstop. Is mm-hmm. he with Fox now? MLB I, I can care less where he's at. I just know he that might it, not even be a member of the media. Steve Bartman would not. Him. Steve Bartman would not be an enemy uh, at all if Alex Gonzalez two pitches later turns the double play. Cubs are in the World Series. They win it all, and uh, everything's changed. He led the league in fielding percentage that year, by the way. And right is between he a media the wickets. Member? I just right wanna, is between... he an actual media member? I, I just want to clear that up. Is he in the media, or you just want to punch him in the face even if he's not in the media? Because the question was sports media. What was the question? Say it again. <laughs> the question was what? I thought you said sports, sports figure. No, sports, sports personality. personality. Right? Sports, yes, personality. sports personality. So athletes aren't personalities? No. Oh, i got to rethink my answer. You go. Clay you Travis, not even close. One of the most oh, arrogant, goodness. self-centered, self-important tools on the Didn't face like of this Didn't like Billy earth. Packer. Not a big Billy Packer guy. He hated, You're going to hit hated, an old man in public. He hated mid-majors. You're right? going to hit he an old man in public. It. He him didn't think they should be even allowed in the tournament. Him and him and Vern, though, calling a game was just they needed a nap. Beauty, wasn't they it? both needed a nap. I, it was not a big Billy Packer. Wow. I really enjoyed Billy Packer with Bird. With anyone else, I kind of agree with you. He just makes a lot of noise. Only not really a lot of English. Lot of noises. Brent, Brent Musburger, only when he would get hooked on one phrase and couldn't get off of it for a whole broadcast. Oh, interesting. I just wanted to, to you know, the old Gibbs slap in the back of the head just, just so he could get unstuck. Right. That was yeah, nice. just go, go into the head and reprogram him a little yeah. bit. Yeah, at that point. That's what I was. All right. Route tree tomorrow. Route tree. Bold predictions. Bold predictions. You got anything else or you're just going to end it there? That's it, huh? Okay.
This has been Santos and the Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Tomorrow, Austin Herrick, ETSU quarterback, route tree, bold predictions as well, and we will break down Western Carolina and ETSU. Huge matchup in the SoCon, 3.30 kick, 2 o'clock pregame on Saturday. This has been a production of the Buccaneers Sports Network.